Welcome to the Queen Silk Podcast. This is episode 20, The Lady Queen. Our woman of the week is Joanna I of Naples, who lived from 1325 to 1382. We are sourcing her story as researched and told by Nancy Goldstone in her biography, The Lady Queen, the notorious reign of Joanna I, Queen of Naples, Jerusalem, and Sicily. Today's music was composed by Francesco Durante and is called Lamentaciones Jeremiah Profite. Welcome to the Queen Silk Podcast. I'm Anne. This is Tammy. This is Courtney. And our woman of the week is... Joanna of Naples. Yay! Yes, and... um. (laughs) Today, Tammy is going to tell us uh, her story and why she's so cool. So let's hear it, Tammy. Woo-hoo. All right, first, we're talking about Joanna I of Naples. Apparently, Joanna II of Naples is like really risque and weird. Oh. So just keep in mind, we've got the <laughs> Joanna of the first, just as All everything right, so- is like ready. <laughs> got it. <laughs> okay. To clarify. Um, Yes, just to clarify. So she has had a very interesting life. Um, <clears throat> she lived in the 13th, is that the 14th century? If she lived in 1300s? Yeah, 14th century. Okay. She lived in the 14th century and her parents, she kind of had a tragic story because her parents died when she was really young. Um, mm-hmm. She was seven years old when she was married to Andrew of Hungary, who was six years old because they wanted to make sure they had that alliance in place as Naples at this time was starting to be a little bit weaker for lots of different reasons. Um, But because both of her parents had died, she was raised by her grandfather, whose name at the time was Robert the Wise. Everything he did seemed to benefit the country, so they just titled him Robert the Wise. Um, So he was also in part known as Robert the Wise because he created a university for everybody that was free. He wanted to make sure that all people in the country was were able to learn and understand everything rather than just have the rich people who had knowledge and the poor people who had nothing. So he obviously was very loved by his people and was known by many, many, not just in the country, but all of the people around the country because of his desire for everybody to gain knowledge. Mm-hmm. Because of that, He also made sure that Joanna was very knowledgeable in many different things, uh, including the church, including art, including medical. Like she was very, very well-rounded. Yeah. Um, So when Robert the Wise died, he gave control to Joanna, the right to rule like she was named his heir and everything. However, part of the part of what he assigned to her was that she had to rule with an entire committee basically so she didn't get to rule on her own she had to make all decisions and get all of them approved by this committee which was very difficult because she had people who agreed with what she did and didn't agree with what she did and she had to have a hundred percent agreement so it made ruling he basically crippled her with her ruling yeah and you've also got a bunch of people there that are probably looking out for their own interests as well like it's not just that you have to convince everybody that what you're doing is a good thing you also have to convince everybody that it's going to benefit them somehow yes 
Which, especially in a country that's already going downhill a little bit because of some decisions that Robert the Wise made, it's makes it even more difficult because now you have to appease them, but also fix this country that's kind of going downhill. And that just gets yeah. really complicated really, really fast. Um, in addition, you've got Andrew, who she's married to, but he's a Hungarian and mm-hmm. he's never lived in Naples until he turned six and then they got married and now he lives there. So he's definitely got his ties to Hungary and that's where he really prefers to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, his court is very antagonistic to Joanna's court. So now she has to not only appease her court, but also appease his court <laughs> and try not to give him too much uh, power. I was going to say rule and that didn't work, but had yeah. to give him power without giving him too much power and anyway it just was a huge mess by the time she finally took over after Robert the Wise died so she was only like 18 years old okay that's what I was about to ask so she's 18 at this point dang yeah (laughs) yep already juggling everything right and the best part is (laughs) or the worst part I guess she had to rule that way until she was 25 years old oof yeah so she (laughs) Ooh, she Wait. just had the most interesting situation. So hmm. what was the change when she turned 25? She no longer had to rule with the court. She could make her own oh, decision. That was part of like the provision that Robert the Wise had? Yep, in his will. Okay, uh, gotcha. Super rude. Yeah. What the heck? My gosh, it makes you wonder if he realized the work she would have to do with that. That's ridiculous. I know, yeah. for real. As, for someone who so said to me. be super wise, that was rather short-sighted of him and foolish. <laughs> yep, but. that's literally what I was just going to say. So much for Robert the Wise. <laughs> I mean, modern monarchs think that their hands are tied. I can't. That's nothing compared to this. Yeah, yeah not even close. Like, not even, even close. I think our modern, like, Congress, you only have to have a majority, which still is pretty high. Like, I think it's at least 60 percent oh like 60 yeah. percent is the majority over four over like 40 percent or it might even be as high as 75 but i'm pretty sure it's 60 and that's to get the majority like yeah <laughs> having a hundred percent consent like no <laughs> you're never gonna get anything done <laughs> yeah like i don't even agree with myself a hundred percent most of the time like <laughs> I feel that. That's fair. So. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Oh. So yeah, she came in to rule with all of these stipulations. But going back to Robert the Wise briefly, because this really affects Joanna in her time, mm-hmm. there were three main banks at the time. And I can't remember the names of the banks, but they were really, really high up there. And I feel like they have something to do with the Medicis, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Anyway, they're like three main huge people that really control all of the finances. So if you don't have anything from the bank, then you can't do grain. And at this time, Italy really relied on their grain output to make money for the country. So if they didn't have grain, they didn't make money. There was just nothing for them at this time. So the three main banks did something that offended Robert the Wise. I can't remember, I'm sure you could look it up, but they did something. And so essentially what he did was cut off the banks completely and say, you guys can't go to these banks anymore. You have to go to the small banks and crippled the banks. 
But what he didn't realize is because he crippled the banks, if the banks went bankrupt, which they did during Joanna's time, then nobody had money to make or to buy grain and therefore finance the country. Yeah. So when Joanna took over, these three main banks actually went into bankruptcy and then they didn't have enough grain. So poverty became hugely rampant. Crime started and they all blamed it on Joanna thinking that was her fault because hello, you came to rule and now we're all poor and now crime is huge. Not her fault, but because of that, she started off her rule on very, very rocky terms and now had to try to solve all of the issues with the Hungarian court who doesn't agree with anything that she's doing and wants more power for her husband. (laughs) So, yeah, she had to fight a lot. Yikes. Yeah. So, oh, that's just the start of her beginnings. (laughs) So, basically, now that she has started off so poorly she does her best to really get she does her best to really get involved with all of the country members and to be engaged in their stories um to understand where they're coming from and why they're poor and how to fix everything um but you've got hungary which is already hates (laughs) naples for whatever reason and you've got catherine of hungary who is andrew's mom Mm -hmm. so her mother-in-law she really, 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 really wants Andrew to have more power as king. She doesn't want him to just be a little consort. Yeah. So her goal and what she starts to do is to go to the Pope and try to get him more power. The Pope is not having it. He's like really irritated with all of the stuff that, that Catherine is wanting and keeps saying no. Andrew is like, oh, my mom's got my back. I'm going to try to get more power. And he starts antagonizing even further the court and specifically Joanna, calling her names, blaming her for things that didn't actually happen, trying to get the people to turn against her. Well, it didn't work. The people really, really liked Joanna. So all of the people in Naples were very supportive of her. And because of this, they actually murdered Andrew while she was six months pregnant with her child. Yep. So, so bad. He had done, I don't know what he was doing. He was hunting or he was doing something, came in pretty late to to bed. They slept in separate rooms at this time. Mm -hmm. He came pretty late to bed. He got a notice that he had some urgent business to attend to. He went out, he was murdered, his nurse found him. And then that's, it just all like blew up really, really quick. So I'm just throwing this out here. This reminds me a lot of Catherine and Peter and how everyone was like no we love you Catherine we trust you we know what you're doing you've got this and then they go and they're like but your husband has to go he's the worst Uh (laughs) and they like kill him and uh yeah sorry just getting massive Catherine vibes here yeah I also think it's so interesting that they don't even wait for the heir to be born they're just like we're done peace out oh my god I didn't thought about that they don't yeah. even know if I mean, it's a boy like astounding, or a girl. That timing. Yeah. Yeah. The timing is especially horrible because if you remember, the mom's been pushing for Andrew to get more power and suddenly he winds up murdered. Now, not oh, only no. does this like cause her mom hearts to die, of course, but it creates a huge problem with Hungary. Now, they're already on bad terms. So the fact that he's found murdered makes it even worse because they all think that Joanna had a hand in it 
But Joanna had no clue. No clue. She didn't like Andrew, but she didn't plan to murder him. It was all her people because they loved her. So it just was a huge, huge issue. Um, So that's pretty much the beginnings of Joanna's story. And it just kind of gets so controversial from here because she has so many events that go through her life. Um, Hungary declares war on Italy because, hello, you just killed the king and he's Hungarian. The Pope threatened the, to excommunicate all of the Hungarians if they actually went to war. Joanna gave birth to her son and crowned her infant as the sole heir. That way, nobody else who came along could rule the way that she wanted to or the way that they wanted to. Yeah. So lots of issues here. Rocky ground again with Hungary. She decides to remarry. The Pope says, go for it. You got this. Have fun. Because again, she's only like 19 by the time that Andrew dies. My uh, very young. Yeah. So she's like, I want to get married. So she gets married to Louis of Toronto. Now keep in mind, there are two different Louis that we're going to start talking about here. Louis of Toronto is her husband. Now they are four months pregnant when the Hungarians actually do invade. They're still irritated. They still think that Joanna had something to do with Andrew's death. And they feel like the investigations were not done significantly or correctly and therefore they want to find out what's happening. So they actually yeah. come in and invade, um, led by Louis the first of Hungary. So you've got Louis who's her husband and Louis the first who's Hungarian, um, going to avenge his death, Andrew's death. She mm-hmm. decides before they even get there, she's like, let's just evacuate all of our royalty, make sure that we're all safe and let them peacefully come in and overtake the country because then nothing happens to my subjects. She's always focused about the people in her kingdom. So she's like, nothing happens to them. We're all safe. They take over the country for now and we'll come back and get it. So yep. she flees with her husband to the northernmost car- or northernmost part of Naples. This part of the country doesn't get royal visitors very often. So there's, of course, some like disputes about who is ruling which area and who has the most authority. And thankfully, she puts her time here to very good use because she starts to organize the area and make things work really well during this time while it's peaceful for her she still wants her country back so she and louis her husband louis the first or louis of toronto they go to the pope and they ask him to settle down hungary get them to come out of their country and to make her innocent she didn't do anything so they want the pope's approval saying that she was innocent yeah they get all of that the pope says okay you guys get six months hungary go away and everything worked out the way that it needed to. The Pope declared Joanna innocent, and then they went back and, and took over their kingdom again. So starting to really, seems like it's starting to make progress. However, when the Hungarians invaded, the Black Plague also started. Oh, no. So the Black Plague wiped out half of the country of Naples. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait. Half of the people died. Just yes. to clarify, this Naples is like on the in the middle of Italy, right? Like, so if you're thinking about it as like a stiletto boot, it's like on the shin part. Are we thinking yeah. right, right place? Okay. Yeah, it's like right next to Sicily because that's been part of the kingdom that has on and off again been ruled by them. Mm-hmm. And then she's also she also rules over Jerusalem. So all three of okay. those areas are pretty close. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at this point. Louis, her husband, is like, nah, man, I want more power. I don't want to just be here in title. 
So he starts to attack Joanna in any way possible that he can. So he starts accusing her of adultery. He poisoned Joanna. He stole her power. He made sure that nobody could ever talk to her ever without him present. So she was constantly with him. She, of course, tires of this because she's the queen and he's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she starts smuggling people out of the, the castle to try to get somebody in, let them know what's happening and get her uh, some support and some help. They eventually free her. The Pope sends a delegation to Naples. She's again found innocent of Andrew's death, Hungarian saying a truce. Um, and <laughs> about the same time, the last of her kids died. So, so far she's had three oh. kids and all of them died. So poor Joanna is like living this nightmare, <laughs> but she doesn't want to ever get divorced because that's just not going to work. Louis, because this, his tactics didn't work so far, decides to go even further. He starts to actually beat Joanna. There's a lot of domestic violence in this situation. So she's like really, really struggling. Thankfully, thankfully for her, he gets the plague and dies. <laughs> so her second husband, who is awful again, as same as the first one, finally dies. She gets the kingdom in order. She donates a church to Naples. She builds a hospital for Naples because they didn't have one at this time. She starts giving medical certificates to women, and she's really making a huge difference. Then she decides to get married again. Keep in mind, she's still young. <laughs> she's probably not even 25 at this point. Oh my god. So she gets married so, to wait, James. So during oh, all sorry. of this, sorry. So during all of this, she's still got the silly little council that Robert put in, right? Yep. Yep. So she oh, still gosh. has no right to do pretty much anything without 100% approval from everyone. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so okay. of course she's going to still be crippled for a while, but yeah. Uh, she's got a crazy story. Okay. Wow, I just can't I don't know that I would have any interest in life. <laughs> I don't know if I would wow. care anymore. Okay, but let's just like praise karma yes. for <laughs> taking out the second husband. <laughs> yeah, for real. Just saying yeah, when things second. need some intervention, they just need some intervention. They need a lot of intervention. Oh my gosh. Just wait. The third one's just as bad. <laughs> oh no. Wait. Ah. Sorry, this is going to be like a spoiler alert, though. You told me that one time she, like, actually marries a guy that she loves, and then her people kill him, right? Or someone kills him? Yeah, that's him. her fourth husband. Oh, my oh, gosh, no. this poor woman! Okay, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to do the spoilers. Let's talk about the third husband, and then we'll hear the that her life does turn out somewhat okay for her for a little while. <laughs> for a little while. Okay. For, like, a day or two. Right? She's had it with husbands who want to take the throne. She's like, I'm done. I, I want a husband and he needs to come from power and authority because that's my job as a queen. But I don't want him to want my power anymore. So she decides to marry James of Mallorca. And I think that's how you say it. I could be wrong. But just so you know, Mallorca. That's how I've he heard it. He had been. Huh? Uh, that's how I've heard it. So you're good. Okay, perfect. So we're all on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Um, he had been imprisoned for over 14 years. So he's sick, he's frail, he's got a lot of issues coming, but he wants to win his own throne back because he had been taken over. That's why he was in prison. He wants his throne. So she's like, hey, this is great. He doesn't want my throne. He wants his throne. We'll have a great relationship. He won't want anything to do with what I have to do and we'll be fine, right? Yeah. 
Ironically, even though he was sick and very sickly and prone to disease, he did engage in a ton of domestic violence again with Joanna. Oh my gosh. So he's just had the Oh life. my gosh, this poor Awful. woman. Right? Oh. Keep in mind, like, we're still in Europe where kidnapping women is a viable political solution to gaining land and titles and all of that. So, yep. I mean, yep. we have come a long, long way, ladies. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yes. A long way. And we should be very grateful. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah. So she has a really poor relationship with him. Thankfully, he's gone enough because he wants to retake his own throne that he doesn't do a lot to her throne. So she still has some autonomy. It's just not a great marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And thankfully, he also dies to sickness when he's trying to take back his throne. So she now has lost three husbands, one to murder and two to sickness. Oh, my God. All of which were really terrible to her. So she's, again, like totally had it. She doesn't care anymore about... (laughs) power from the the husband that she has so this is when she gets married for the fourth time and she purposely picks somebody who is not a king he's not a prince he doesn't have any throne of any kind she picks somebody who's i want to say he's like a baron or something uh a little bit lower in station and is pretty much frowned on by everybody around her but she's like i just want somebody to love me for me to be my husband and not take my dang throne (laughs) so She marries this guy named Otto of Brunswick. He's a lot older than her, but he did anything and everything to champion for her, which I think is probably one of the best moments of her ruling is this marriage relationship. So there's a lot of opportunities here. Just to keep in mind, there is an issue with the papacy in Rome and Italy or Rome and the other place. Thank you. Uh, no, not Naples. The other place that the Milan where the Vatican. Uh, I can't remember the other place. Florence. Yep, Rome and Florence are having issues because they want people to be in. They want the papacy to be in both places. Um, what happens is Gregory the Pope um, comes into the papacy, and he tries to solve all of these issues that the former pope had made including where to settle the Vatican, because this has now become a huge issue because of Urban V's failures. Um, He tries to solve the problems, but he soon dies. And Urban VI, which is a low-class member of the nobles in Naples, he is elected to the papacy. So Naples is like really excited about this. They've never had anybody from Italy in their region ever in the papacy. So they're like stoked. However, he was a really, really awful man. And uh, Joanna is trying really, really hard to build a relationship because she is extremely religious. So she sends her husband, Otto of Brunswick, to like try to solve some issues and make sure that everybody's on a good page and to see like what's going on. And the Pope at this time, again, is really horrible. So when Otto comes in, he like kneels down to give him the proper authority. And the Pope makes him stay kneeling for multiple hours he doesn't even acknowledge him which is a huge slight to naples like huge slight and joanna and otto take it very well i mean considering the circumstances and they just move on with with it and just keep trying and keep trying to build that relationship but the the vatican what is it called 
the cardinals i'm so sorry guys anyway that's okay the cardinals go to joanna they're like this pope is the worst and there is a loophole that we can actually get him taken out of the papacy and elect somebody else this is what our things are like we truly don't think he's the right pope will you support us and again she's extremely religious so she says yes I'll support you in debunking this Pope and finding a new one. However, while she understands the situation and she totally agrees with it, she somehow didn't communicate this to her people. And this really is where she had her downfall because she didn't explain to her people why she was getting rid of the Pope who was from Naples. The people thought that she was betraying them, that she had never done before. She had always been very upfront. She had always talked to them. She'd always been involved. And now suddenly she's supporting a random Pope and getting rid of their, their man. Um, huge, huge issue. So Urban the Sixth and Robert, the newly appointed Pope, soon fight over the papacy. Urban the Sixth, who shouldn't have had power anymore because he was debunked or dethroned or whatever you want to say, he excommunicates Joanna and sends in Hungary. She's like, he's like, get rid of her. She's the worst. Hungarians have fun. So the Hungarians uh, kidnap her and take over Naples, oh. which is not fun. They send her cousin, Charles, just as a heads or her brother-in-law, actually. They send him to rule in her stead. <laughs> so they imprison her for months. They keep moving her from castle to castle, keeping her in isolation from her people because they know that people are going to take care of her if they see her. So they keep her out, um, saying that she is very, very sick. Eventually, they do murder her and allow the people to see her before her funeral. Um, so, like, just terrible situation for poor Joanna. But the one thing that is, like, really funny to me in this entire story is that her brother-in-law takes over, kills her. He literally rules for 59 days before he's overrun. Wow. 59 days, guys. <laughs> so, anyway, after Joanna, the Wait, whole... overrun by, like, the people, or... The people, the Hungarians, and everybody who wants that throne. That throne ha- held a lot of power. So the fact okay. that, okay. like, he only ruled for 59 days is flipping hilarious, considering everything that Joanna went through in her yeah. short lifetime. <laughs> how How old was Joanna when she died? Let me do the math. Let's see. She was born in 1325. She died in 1382. So that would okay. make her what? So she's... 80. Oh, yeah. That, that that puts her just under her 60s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So she had lived a, a fairly good life. Yeah. You know, in terms of length, not in terms of everything that happened in her life. <laughs> well, but, you know. Yeah. You can't win them all. So anyway, that's kind of the history of of Joanna. That's her experiences. But I do want to point out that in this this time, the reason that people loved and supported her so much is she was extremely invested in all parts of their life. She cared about them. It was kind of like Cleopatra, where she knew everything that happened in every region. She knew who paid taxes, who needed help, who needed, who made the most grain, et cetera, et cetera. She knew everything about the details, but she also knew the people and the people felt loved and supported by her. And that's why she had such a good relationship. And that's why she fought so hard for her throne, even amidst all of these trials that were happening. Yeah. You, um, you mentioned that there's a story about, um, like the wine. Do you want to tell that story real quick before we do our discussion? 
Yeah, absolutely. So at one point in her reign, she, I think she was, it wasn't after she had been displaced. So I think she was still in Naples at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, But she, again, knew everything that was going on. And there's one particular region in Naples that was extremely well known for their wine. And they were a really big touristy destination in part because of the wine, but they had some other cool stuff going on in their geography, which is why people came. Mm-hmm. However, people realized how expensive the wine was and they decided not to pay for the wine and instead bring in their own wine. Well, the problem is this created a huge financial burden for this particular region, even though it was a touristy destination. And they complained to Joanna. She found out about it. She was like, that's not okay. And she ended up taking the time in this little tiny region or the little tiny city. I don't know. I don't remember if it was a region or a city, but she took the time to make sure that anybody who came in, if they brought their own wine, had to pay this huge tax, which made it not worth it to bring your own wine. Mm -hmm. And then ensured that you couldn't have any other wine inside the city except for the wine that was produced there. Because of this, of course, it endeared the people to her even more, but it made that region a very, not wealthy region, but very well off. So just the fact that she like cared enough about them to take the time to make something happen, even though it was just this little tiny part of her huge kingdom, and she could have instead been going to Sicily and taking over Sicily, she decided to take care of them. And I I just think that's such a powerful moment for her where she understood her people and took care of them accordingly yeah that's something that I feel like really got stunted for her just in her story especially with Robert the Wise's edict initially when he's like nah dude you're a girl you're young like you can't make any decisions on your own until you're 25 like I hate that (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's the absolute worst. That's horrible. I would not be happy with that at all. And then to have everybody else be all up in her business and wanting power for themselves, for her to still, in the middle of all her personal problems and issues, she's still so present and so knowing about her own people. Like, that's, that's just one example of the policies that she enacted. And we can debate like whether or not it's actually that good of like, it's definitely not a free market policy that she put in place um, with like making sure that you have to drink that certain wine. Like it's, it's not a free market thing, but at the same time, she's definitely looking out for the welfare of her people by making that requirement. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think that's why it was so surprising when she changed allegiances like that. In the people's mind, when she supported this brand new pope, it was extremely offensive and they didn't understand it and she didn't explain it. And so I can totally see why they felt betrayed because she was so invested in their life and so supportive of them that this just came out of the blue. And I really, truly, that is the one moment that really destroyed her kingdom. Yeah. Yikes. So we've kind of talked about education and then social graces, and I've posted a few things on Instagram if you want to check them out. They go into a little more detail um, or more specific detail of what each of these women that we are trying to, uh, the like the message that we're trying to share with you about them. Um, but especially right now, we're kind of moving into presence and not just being like, not just 
like giving presents when we when I say presents, but like being aware and being cognizant and being invested in the affairs that are going on around you being and like because we're we're sitting here and we're thinking and you could say to yourself man joanna just had a really tough life like she could have just she really could have just abdicated the throne and let anybody else be in charge of her kingdom and let them take care of that and nobody would have blamed her nobody however she chose to continue to be invested and care for things that were like that uh how to put like so she was not selfish like she okay there there we go she didn't dwell and become self-absorbed in her own miseries um she instead reached out to try and better the lives of others because you know sometimes when your life sucks it's really nice to know that other people are having fun and that they're doing good things and that you can help facilitate those things, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And she really was just so good at being present, at understanding her people and being literally in person, but also being present in their affairs and understanding what was happening. It's really interesting too. And I think this is why because she was so present in the lives of her people, she was one of the longest ruling monarchs of Naples. So you have Charles I, he ruled for three years. You have Mm -hmm. Charles II, who is also in history known as Charles the Lame, which I think is hilarious. Um, He ruled for, let's see, 29, 34 years. You have Robert the Wise, who again was her grandfather, and he served or yeah, he was the monarch for for about, sorry, I'm doing math in my head while I'm talking to you. That's okay. 34 years, it looks like, about 34 years. And then she ruled for 39 years. So, so far, she's one of the long, she is the longest out of those four people who have ruled. And what what they noticed too, on a couple of websites, you can look it up, um, everybody after her did not rule for nearly as long. Again, Charles III, a.k.a. Charles the Short, the one who took over after her, lived or served for 59 days. And then people yeah. after that were like maybe a year because the kingdom is very loyal if you are present and you care about them. But the monarchs that didn't rule for very long didn't understand that. And that's yeah. why she was so successful, even though she had such a horrible life especially having three terrible husbands before she finally got her fourth one that actually truly cared about her yeah well and that's one of the things that Machiavelli recommends so he okay so he gives two different pieces of advice here when it comes to taking over he says okay so you can go in and you can destroy everything that will definitely get you land and it will you know get you people you know, the ones mm-hmm. that are still alive, right? The way that the, the way that he recommends, which is a more is a more colonial um, outlook on 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 leadership, is he says, go into the place and integrate with the people that are already there and share your ideas with them. And then you slowly get to know them and they get to know you. And like basically Like, you could say, wow, you're just getting to know them to manipulate them. And you're like, yeah, but isn't that how you become friends with people? (laughs) 
(laughs) It doesn't always have to be manipulative. It can also just be, hey, I like you, you like me, like, let's, let's get together and be friends, right? And does it always work as harmoniously as that? No, it doesn't. But that's one way to that. I mean, then, you know, there's always the other option of just, you know, kill everyone, which is also bad. Um, But like, so Joanna, for me, what I'm seeing in her is like, she not only took the time to get to know her people and to invest in them and like, not just invest in them, but also reinvest in them. But she, mm-hmm. she cared enough, rephrase, she cared more about the people there than she did mm-hmm. about the power that she had. Mm-hmm. And, like, t- to quote Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. And she was wer- willing to bear that responsibility. Whereas I'm not sure that the other monarchs, and especially not Charles who came after her, like, okay. let's us depose a monarch... <laughs> and put myself in their stead no Machiavelli comments on how that does not work for you I'm sorry like and in fact ironically this is probably especially when you mentioned the bankers the Medici's were a banking family this is Mm -hmm. definitely the time period that Machiavelli is looking back on and thinking about and being like hmm yeah that didn't work out for them like the Medici's as bankers had more power over the politics in Florence then like they didn't even have a king if i remember correctly like they had a a justice and they had a a council that they would work with but not a king and so as bankers and prominent people in their society they were invested in their community and they built beautiful amazing buildings but they were never like fundamentally like leaders that were elected by other people they they were just very, very invested in the place that they loved. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's the most, like, when, so when we say being present, I guess it's more of be invested in where you're at and what you're doing and the place that yeah. you're in. Especially because when she took over from Robert the Wise and had all of these things going wrong because of Robert the Wise, she never, ever made excuses for it. I'm sure she was frustrated. I'm sure she was irritated. I'm sure she thought it was unfair. But she didn't do any of those excuses and like moping around and waiting for somebody else to fix the problem. She didn't own up to it because it wasn't her mistake, but she took the time to solve the issues. For example, yeah. crime was on the on the rise. She put it all in place, all of these policies to make it so that you literally could not commit crime without severe consequences. And immediately yeah. crime stopped, right? Mm-hmm. huge relief to all of the people who really hadn't experienced a lot of crime up until that time because she didn't just mope around and wait for somebody else to solve a problem that wasn't her fault but like yeah. she and then she goes through and she like makes other ways to earn money besides grain because now grain is failing so she's like how else can we make this happen well why don't we get a school going why don't we start patroning the arts why don't we do or patroning patronizing patronizing the arts like being a patron of the arts that just sounds weird anyway yeah um she did all of these other things to help make sure that they were not just starving but she Mm -hmm. was trying to help them to thrive so just the fact that she cared so much about the people that she would take somebody else's mistake somewhat own up to it and solve the problem 
really shows that she was present. She was invested. She did care about these people, regardless of the circumstances that was put into place for her. Yeah. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I keep thinking about Louis and... Yeah, because I just think like we know, right? But like Marie Antoinette just didn't step up and do the job that she could have, but she was so loved. Uh Mm -hmm. But um, but here Joanna, like my goodness, she really must have cared. Like she obviously had lots of training and like her upbringing was very educated, so she was prepared for her role in a way. Um, I think far and beyond um, what Marie Antoinette went through, but um, she must have really, really loved the people because all the obstacles she went through, it would have been so easy to sit back and just kind of coast. But she, what she achieved for, for this, for her nation, like is it's incredible how she must have dedicated herself. Um, just the one council alone to me, yeah. <laughs> let alone all of the other obstacles she went through and the length of terms that she put into place. Um, there's a lot of strategy that she probably had to play. And I'm just saying to me, she had to have like real, uh, like real tangible experiences with, with the people around her for, for her to care this much. Um I think there's like a an idea that keeps filtering my, through my mind also is that while she was prepared, she was also brought up in this, like this was her role. She was going to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's some part of me that thinks that, well, she like never, I mean, obviously it would be recorded if she ever ran away from her duties. And I really don't think she could have achieved anything that she did if she wasn't 100% dedicated. So I'm just thinking on like a, on a personal level, she must've had some significant motivations for her to stay engaged like this with her people and with the struggles and the process she had to go through, because this is uh, beyond, um, uh, like, (laughs) as a, a like a woman uh, being a leader having um physical abuse in her personal relationships um working on policies and stratagem for you know the economy and protecting certain regions like th- this is just goes beyond the capability of a normal person is all i'm yeah. saying like yeah. any one of those things would have been hard and the fact that she tackled all of them like I honestly don't even know what to do with her. <laughs> like, I wish I had more personal accounts um, because yeah. this must have been incredible. Yeah, especially because at the very end, she was betrayed by her brother-in-law. And she always knew her sister wanted the throne. That's a totally different story that we didn't really have time to get into. But regardless, like, she still cared so much about her kingdom that she wasn't going to let them take over, even though she easily, easily could have just said, I'm done. Maria, her sister, you take the throne. Charles, the guy who ruled for 59 days, have a great time. I'm done. I've had it with you guys. But she still kept going and still jumped over the hurdles of all of the political intrigues coming from Hungary to try to make life a little bit easier for her people. But again, I really think it shows how much she cared about the people that when Hungary invaded the first time, she did not fight them. 
she just left because she wanted her people to be safe and that really is so so astounding yeah just because she cared so much about them and even though like and this part is sad too she had to leave her kids there in the king in the castle because they were too young to travel so they, they came and they overtook the country and she left to save the people and had to leave her own family behind like Wow. Wow. This lady is insanely amazing. I guess the one of the things I'm kind of thinking about now is there's an investment here, right? But it's far beyond duty. And I feel like love might even be too shallow a word for it. I don't. This is a commitment that must have been. I don't know groomed raised i don't know the proper word for it but it must have been educated within her or taught to her from a very young age to be no this is your country this is how we rule this is what we do and honestly i'm thinking it's probably a really good thing that she did have robert the wise as her mentor slash as her as her um as someone that she could look up to and think about and be like Okay, what did he do? Oh, he built universities because we need an educated populace. He went through and he did this. Oh, he didn't know that we were going to have a black plague, so he didn't build any hospitals. Hmm. Oversight on his part. (laughs) Like, who would have thought that healthcare was a national emergency, you know? Um, But it, it goes far beyond just just duty at this point to have this level of investment. Whereas the other people who came and had their motivations is much more about their own ambition and own self-serving purposes. And you see right away, like when they come in and they want to just take care of themselves and not actually lead the people and love the people, they are removed. Like Andrew was removed. Louis (laughs) he got removed like if you don't (laughs) love the people and your intentions are not pure the italians will get rid of you (laughs) whether by disease (laughs) you will die (laughs) exactly like there is a reason the italian mafia is the most famous to go back to joanna i think one of the biggest things that i learned from her there's two but one of them is that you can persevere through anything if you have the right desire or the right investment to it. She literally went through four husbands, three of which were fairly abusive. Two were extremely abusive. One was semi-abusive. Went through four different husbands, went through war, went through the Black Plague, went through poverty and crime, literally was taken out of her kingdom and ended up being murdered. But up until murdering part, she still went through all of it, be caring about people and never just quitting and never giving up. And I think that's something that is really powerful because I know, heaven knows, we all have our own experiences and our own adventures in terms of not happy things that we mm-hmm. go through, lots of trials. And sometimes it feels super overwhelming, but putting it into perspective, I hope we're not going to go through a plague, but we went through COVID. So maybe that's close, but we can go (laughs) through, (laughs) I know, right. We can go through it and we can make it 
because she's given us an example of how to do that. If we're caring about what we're doing, we can survive anything. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I do believe that our woman of the week for next week, she endured a lot as well. And because of what she endured, she was able to make major changes to um, a lot of different systems in America. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. We'll see you in Tahiti. Au revoir. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to check out our Instagram at Queenstalk Podcast and give us a follow so you never miss our updates. For more information about the women we have discussed or that we will discuss, you can visit our website at www.thequeensilkpodcast.com. If you have any questions, comments, queries, dilemmas, recommendations, memes, or you want to share your story with us, you can email us at thequeensilkpodcast at gmail.com. We will respond to all messages as soon as possible. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time.